This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, it was an interesting week in the world of sports, an interesting game going on right now, and what's going on in baseball? We'll discuss it all now. And you can join us at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Brian Munguia and Will the Thrill. We're here until midnight. Dennis Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hi, Gordon Damer. Larry Hardesty. How you feeling, my friend? Gordon, can I be honest with you? Please. It was an up and down weekend. Really? Wow, it, yeah. Okay. It's it just as well you were off weekend. Thursday night. <laughs> it was an up and down weekend. Yeah. Obviously, Saturday was a great day, my friend. Yeah. And yes, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy Michael Kay was talking about earlier today. How could you be so tough on, on, on Mike Krzyzewski? I'm so sorry to say. Listen, he's a great coach. Nothing, these two losses to North Carolina will not take that away from him. He's an outstanding coach. He's a Hall of Famer. What he did for that Duke program was outstanding. Okay? We got, every, okay, clear. He lost, he lost his last two games. It just happened to be his toughest rival, oh. North Carolina. You know, Larry, they talk about when you're gambling, they, and they use this line in the movie uh, Rounders. Mm-hmm, when you're mm-hmm. a gambler, you mm-hmm. don't remember how you built your bankroll. Nope. But every gambler always remembers the bad beats along the way. You could yes. always pinpoint, and I would have to think, if Mike Krzyzewski is oh. anything like we know him to mm-hmm. be from the outside, a guy who will it. win it, and it, he will never forget these losses. Especially Saturday. Oh, okay. More so Saturday, I think, than the Cameron one because the Cameron one wasn't close. Right. He was, this was a real, this was as good of a basketball game in the final four that you've seen in a long time, Gordon. It was nip and tuck all the way. Both teams played well. Both teams had, you know, different people with fouls and injuries and stuff like that. And the Tar Heels were able to, if the game had been another 30 seconds, I don't know if Star Hills would have won, but they find they found a way to win it. And once again, tonight with the slow start, Kansas jumps right out. Boom. I'm like, huh, hangover. And then slowly but surely, North Carolina settles in and finds a way. So uh, it was so as far as that was concerned, it was a great weekend, Gordon. It was a great weekend. And then there was the Mets. <laughs> and Gordon, I felt like I was on the air last year. Again, in, in, in March, I felt like I was on the air again. In July, I felt like I was on the air again in, in May. Jacob DeGrom out again. And, and, as, and by the way, for the record, Gordon congratulated me very late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. <laughs> as, <laughs> soon as, as soon as it went, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it premature because it was such a nice and tight game. Good job out of you. Yeah. So he congratulated me. And also, also, as a good partner, a good friend, did not even mention no, Jacob DeGrom. Didn't go didn't there. Didn't mention I, DeGrom, didn't mention Scherzer, didn't mention either of them. Well, when you're away, I don't know, you know, how closely you're following. Now, I know you're going to be following North Carolina because that's happening in real time. That's a game. 
Mm-hmm. The actual news, I don't know how closely you're following the news. So oh. I don't want to be the one to break the news to you. So I just gave you a congratulations. That is a hell of a win. That is a win you will, re- especially if things hold as they are right now. Oh, mm-hmm. my good! This will be <laughs> the yeah. gr- you could make the argument. This is the greatest championship mm. anyone has ever won in this tournament. They're an eight seed. Only two eight seeds have ever won. Yep. You're the most storied program or one of in the history of the sport, and you mm-hmm. beat your hated rivals in the first matchup, the last matchup. for the. You could make a compelling argument this is the greatest run in the history of the NCAA tournament for a year. Uh, it, would be, it would be great. It would be great. You could argue it. It would be great. It would be. And then there's the Mets. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, Gordon, once again, and did I not tell you? What did I tell you last week? I'm hearing all these things. He feels great. Let me talk to me the day after he pitches and let me know how he feels. Oh, guess what? Stress fracture in the shoulder. Now they say four to six weeks. Gordon, before they said, we don't, to paraphrase them, we don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, they they, they don't know. And they still don't know. And And we're right back to where we were last year. It does seem that way. And my question was, when that news came down, was this the injury from last year? Or is this the byproduct of him throwing basically 50 pitches? And I talked to Pat Rangazzo, who covers the Mets for for SI over the Mm -hmm. weekend, and it was his impression that this is a new injury. If he has suffered this stress reaction after throwing 52 pitches – that's almost worse than not identifying the injury to begin with. You're right. There's no question. And and not 101 miles an hour. No. No, the top I, mean, I think the top was 98. And he's telling me the speed stuff. Yeah, if you're telling me he has developed this as a result of just pitching in spring training for the first time. Poof, that does not that does not, especially after the year that he had last year, where exactly. it was always something. It was the lat, it was the the elbow, it was the forearm, and now it's the shoulder. And and everyone will always tell you shoulders are always worst. That's the mm-hmm. worst thing you want. Now he didn't do anything to the capsule or the labrum. Those are the real troublesome areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just not yet. I mean, he's kind yeah. of running through the entire body at this point. Yeah. And then there's Max Scherzer. <laughs> Who's got uh, a lo- a lower body issue? Mm. Oh. I have a few of those. <laughs> and so, once again, Gordon, here we go. Uh, now look, it's early. I'm not in panic mode. I'm a little, let's say, heavy concern for Degrom. Not panicking for Scherzer, you know. Although I do remember that he was in- unable to make a couple of his postseason starts last year. But be that as it may, it's early. So, you know, I I do think for him, it's kind of more understandable because of the fact that he was pitching, what, 12 innings in one game? I mean, he's, he's what, what what did Cole say? He's an animal or beast or, or what did he call him? Because he's he's just, he's out there like, he, he must have thrown six, seven innings, Gordon, in relief of DeGrom. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this about Scherzer. With the, as durable as he is, you would have to think that that guy is used to adjusting in ways when he's not 100% and still mm-hmm. going out on the mound. Yes. So, you know, again, it's it's not 
it's not nearly as serious as it's not what you want. Mm-hmm. It's not what you wanted following up, right? You, you got co-aces, and then one of them goes down. The next day, the, the other guy's saying, yeah, by the way, I got this thing going on. So that's not what you want. No. But especially not when you've just spent 100 what is it, $30 million for the next three years on him? Yeah, but this is true. I have a little bit more confidence that he will be, maybe not opening day, but that he'll be back before too long. I agree with you. So there's less of a concern over Scherzer. However, you know what this means, Gordon? Uh, it's a good thing you got him. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Because he may end up being your ace. Because once again, I have no idea how long. And maybe it's just a one-deal issue and DeGrom will be back and everything. We'll be laughing about this, you know, after six, eight weeks. But I, I got a feeling. I, I just got a feeling. And, and Kay mentioned it. He could be Tim Lincecum who had three or four really outstanding years, and then he was done. And, Gordon, I'm hoping that's not it. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. You you have to get him where he can get healthy and stay healthy because that has not been – and, you know, it, it really shouldn't be that surprising. As we brought up last week, it wasn't like at the end of last year anything mm-hmm. was solved or anything was pinpointed. It was just, hey, don't pitch. And when he doesn't pitch, nothing hurts. Yeah. But the problem <laughs> is he pitches. That's his job. Yeah. Yep. And that's, he's better than that than anybody else right now. But he cannot stay healthy. And even when he does get back, I mean, this is a good problem to deal with. Assuming he does get back, you'll be holding your breath every single start. He'll be like Porzingis when Por- after Porzingis yeah. got hurt, right? I mean, yeah. you just you just consistently you just watching him, waiting for. Oh, when is it going to happen? What, what did he do there? Did he move a little funny there? Did he? What, what's going on? It's uh, it's tough because after last year, you would have liked to have thought, you know, his aver- he was averaging about six innings a start. He didn't mm-hmm. throw over 100 pitches all but one time he threw 100 pitches. You would have thought that this would have been solved then, and it, and it was not. And now you have a brand-new issue. And one, again, you said it, the wording of that statement, he's going to shut it down for up to four weeks, and after that we'll re-image it and we'll update the prognosis. I mean, that is just – that's all – we have no idea. We have yeah. no idea how long he's going to be out. Yep, because we don't know what we're going to find. We're afraid to know what we're going to find. That's what this sounds like to me. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your phone calls. Calm me down. Make me think that, Larry, you're over-exaggerating about the Mets. DeGrom will be fine. Humor me. Make, make, make me calm. Make me think that I'm just just too revved up about this. And it's early. It's, it's, t- tell me, Larry, it's April. I mean, stop. He'll be okay. So that's what I want you to do. A little over 30 seconds before halftime, Carolina with a 38-23 lead over the top seed, Kansas. We're taking your phone calls at 1-800-919-3776. Before we get to them, Gordon, help me out. Because you, as a Yankee fan, you've kind of been in this position that I'm in with DeGrom. Kind of. And that's with Masahiro Tanaka, right? With mm-hmm. the elbow, the elbow's going to go. We know the elbow's going to go. We know the elbow's... How do you... Fortunately for you, it didn't go. But just on edge like that, how, 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 do, you, how do you deal with that, Gordon? Yeah, I mean, it's very, I mean, it's very difficult. I mean, the fact that he's gone is, I think, easier to deal with than when he's back. Because when he's back, you're, you're just constantly holding your breath. And last year, you know, sometimes he was going out there and looked great. When he can pitch, he looks great. But he just can't find his way to, to stay anywhere near healthy. So you don't want him to, to blow something out. You don't want him to blow out the elbow. You don't want to certainly not blow out the shoulder. But, boy, oh, boy, it seems awful weird that this the, the amount of 
of things going on with this guy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It really is. And it, and Gordon, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and it seems kind of hard that we're ever going to get to a point where he becomes healthy and he gets back to the guy he was. Well, that's what you're hoping, right? That's that that's what you're hoping that he can somehow harness himself and and, and you know get on the roll and get some healthy days behind him. But you know what? You can't help to you can't help but not look back on those two years when he was so good. Mm-hmm. And the Mets just missed out on opportunity after opportunity, not scoring runs, bullpen giving up games when he was as dumb. I mean, just back-to-back Cy Youngs, Gordon. Yeah, I mean, you Almost want... three years in a row and, and you... wasted. Yeah, it does feel that way. It does feel that way. You want to believe that maybe it won't be a full month, but after the amount – if this if last year didn't happen, you would have you would be filled with a whole lot more optimism. But last year it was like one time they allowed him to tell them when he was healthy. There was one time where the team dictated when he was going to be healthy. There was talk at the end of the season, well, he'll come back and make a couple of starts so we know what we have going into next year. He never did. It's just very hard to to see a scenario where it looks like he's going to end up missing a full year. I mean, by the time he really gets but let's say everything goes well. He'll be back by maybe June, mm-hmm. maybe. So you're yeah. talking almost July by the time he's back, and July is when he had to shut it down last year. So it just seems very hard as a as a baseball fan to think that this guy is going – and again, it's not Tommy John. It's not, okay, it's this. It's something different each and every time, and it always has to do pretty much with his throwing ability. So, yeah, yeah it's not it's – not, um, it's not something that fills you with a lot of hope that, oh, we'll just get past this and then it'll be okay again. And you can't rush him back. Nope. Right? So, so they're saying four to six. Even, even if everything worked well four to six, you got to give him another week or two extra. You have to. Well, I mean, they shut him down since July, though. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Know. Like, but it, I know. But whatever whatever it is, rest ain't fixing it. Yeah, but yeah. rest ain't fixing it, though. You know? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what the right – obviously, I'm not a doctor – but he had he had eight months to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And then he started up again, and now he needs more rest. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's one of two things. Either this thing has been in there the entire time, and it just was not noticed, or, which is bad, you miss an injury after the guy's gone through all these different tests. He says he's he's fine. They say he's not. Okay, it's bad if you missed it, but it's even worse if it. this is just the result of 50 pitches. What's yeah. going to happen if he goes out there during the season and throws 90? Would you let him throw 90? <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> you, know how you can get to that point. I don't know that you can right away. You, he's got to be He's got to be on a major pitch count when he starts. You have to. And and listen, and you can't listen to him. You have to shut him down. 50 pitches, that's it. Don't, don't, no discussion, nothing. 50 and that's it. Because, Gordon, this is a win-now team. All the moves that they went out and made, this is a win-now team. Yeah, I mean, you're signing 36-year-old pitchers to $130 million. That's win now. It is. There's no question. We don't have time to fool around. You know, we're winning now. That's what we're trying to, at least. 1-800-919-3776. Sam and Rockland, calm me down. Up first on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry Gordon. I just wanted to make two quick points. One about the Mets. Why don't they ever seem to have pitchers who uh, they can trade easy for, like, young players if you're expecting these pitchers to get hurt? Um, and another point regarding uh, – it's all off the topic, but uh, regarding Hubert Davis in North Carolina, would he be a good coach down the line for the Knicks, maybe develop young players like similar to Charlotte and Chicago does? Like he would be a good motivator for a young team. So that's it. 
that's all I got to say. All right, Sam, thanks for the phone call. We'll start with the last one first. I think he would be down the line, but if if he continues like this, he's not going anywhere. Right, he's got a job for life. You're telling me he would get I, – I don't know what his contract situation is. He just signed one. I'm sure he'll get a nice bump off of this if this continues to hold. They're going to be building a statue for him. He is going to be a god there. He'll be a coach for the Knicks. He will be a god at North Carolina. So I would think that he's not going anywhere anytime soon. They will not allow him to go anywhere anytime soon. No, he's not going anywhere. He'll, he'll be if, if this if he continue and this is and here's the thing, Gordon. This is year one. I mean, where do you, yeah, right. where do you go from here? I don't know. <laughs> I, he'll be able to live off this one for a while, though. He will be. That's true about that. Spike's in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're up first. On, you're up second on 9870. Yeah, Larry, good, good luck with the Tar Heels. Thank I, you, sir. I, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say about uh, DeGrom. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm wondering, did he go on vacation with Aaron Hicks and Ben Simmons or something? I, I, I don't get it. I mean, this guy... I, I was just telling my wife, Susan, I said, he, he throws so effortlessly. You know, he's he's as smooth, and I know he has the long fingers like Pedro. I know he's much taller, but it's constant injuries. It's 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 unexplainable. Are the machines not seeing it, or or uh, I just don't understand. And Scherzer, you know, he, Scherzer has that uh, almost like uh, you know the like Ryan and Seaver that. Thick thigh, heavy landing motion, a bulldog type pitcher. So you could see him, but this is terrible for the Mets fans. But you know who knows? You know they always say now in baseball, you know they, they look at last year with the Braves. They lose their best player, then they lose another guy, and then they get hot at the right time and they wind up winning. So uh, I guess you just you know like you said they're. Uh, trying to get ready to win it all. And you don't win it all in March and April. You guys know better than that. But I feel bad for uh, any Mets fan and uh, you and, and my buddy. And it's just you got to deal with it and see where it comes from. Did you say it before, Gordon, about Tanaka or something? Didn't he Larry, pitch with an injury? Yeah, yeah. You, you, it was always a partially torn ligament that uh, they always worried was gonna go and yeah. oh, never uh, going to go. something. Yeah, I, I, but he played with it, so we'll you see. But I hope, the, I hope the Tar Heels pull. I'll tell you, it's tough to catch a team when they're hot, you know. Yeah. When you're hot, you're hot. And um, I'm happy for you, but Davis, uh, that game the other night, I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys. Uh, but the anomaly was North Carolina got a, a out-rebounded them uh, 51 to 41, 51 to 40 or something. Mm. But if you look at the box score, and you know how I am with box scores, North Carolina had 10 turnovers and only seven assists, and they won the game. Yeah. But you, it, you can't figure it out. It's just the long shots coming out. So, But anyway, look, good to catch you guys. I just hope it straightens out for the Mets. But someone else can emerge. You know, you, you just never know. But I, I'd love to hear you guys talk a little more about it, and I'll listen on the stream. And have a good night. But I don't understand how DeGrom keeps injuring himself. That motion, unless I'm seeing it wrong, it looks effortless to me. It does. You're right, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. It does. It, it The ball comes out nice. Gordon, everything is right. I mean, it doesn't look like he's speeding up or putting extra pressure on the shoulder, but something's going on because there's different parts of his body that are being strained. Now, 
Is he secretly compensating because he may feel a pain or twins or something like that, which eventually leads to something else? I mean, I don't know. They don't know. They're they're fishing, (laughs) and they're coming up empty. Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of guys, though, who look like they have these perfect motions and and, uh, there's no stress. I mean, Mark Pryor was a guy. Oh, my Mm, goodness. This guy has just the perfect motion. It's just effortless. And he had one thing after another wrong with him. So that's not been the case over the course of the career for DeGrom. But you have to, I mean, at this point, you have to kind of wonder. Maybe maybe he's just out of pitches. I, I don't know. Uh, it seems strange that the amount of rest that he had last year didn't, didn't take a whole long. And, and it would be one thing if it were, oh, this is just because he was off for so long. He's just a little out of shape or it's not, he's not used to throwing like this. That's not it either. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know how you fix it to the to the point where you can even have any confidence that this guy's coming back again. He threw fifty pitches. Yeah, and he shut down for a month. I know, three innings. <laughs> three innings. It's not going to get it done. And yeah, I know there's there's some other guys on the roster that, that that have shown you something. Peterson has shown you some things, and there's been some other guys there. But listen, and they may work out. And you always know. That's why. Any baseball fan would tell you, you never have enough pitching. You never. Because the long season, pitchers are going to get hurt. But the scary thing is, you cannot continue to lose your ace and still, you know, be successful, Gordon. You need that You need that guy to do it. And so, hopefully, until the other pitchers get themselves right or we'll see what happens, hopefully this new revamped Met offense can give the, the starters enough run support that when you get to your fourth and fifth starter now, who now really moves up to be your third and fourth starter, uh, they've got to hold the line until, until you figure out what's going on with the ground. I, I think that what it does say, uh, and not just this, but just all the ones, building your team around pitching, it's just too fluky. It's just mm-hmm. too fragile. You, you can't, and, and maybe that's why, you know, the Mets have had lots of great pitchers. Yeah. But they've not won a World Series since 1986. Maybe that has some some part of it because they are built around pitching. They have had tons of great pitchers over the years. But, they, they, I mean, you just can't rely on pitchers. Maybe you'd be better off just sinking all your resources into hitters and then trying to maybe find a pitcher or here or there and trade for some and, and just kind of focus on the offense rather than the pitchers because it just seems like – and it's not even like – you know, with the amount of advances that we have as a society, things that we never had before, mm-hmm. you would think at some point we'd start to figure out, oh, well, this is how you keep pitchers healthy. It seems like they get hurt now more than ever before. It's true. The more we protect them, the more they get hurt. Yeah. It's amazing. And <laughs> boy, don't Met fans know about building a team around pitching. Bill Pulsifer, Y2K. <laughs> yeah, we remember that. We remember that. We sure do. And Gordon, here's the other part. Of the, and we get to the calls in a second. Here's the other part of the injury situation over the Grom. He's still opting out of this contract. <laughs> well, he's confident he's coming back. I guess he knows something about that shoulder, huh? It's not. It doesn't hurt that bad. <laughs> yeah, Let's keep the well, market open. Let's keep that market moving. I, I think that that really speaks to the deal that he originally signed and where mm-hmm. things have gone since then and the owner that he has now as opposed to the owner that he had then. Yeah. But it, it, he's got to get back and pitch before that happens. Absolutely. Because he won't be signing anywhere. <laughs> That's for sure. Dan's in Garden City. Hey, Dan, you're next on 98.7. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? What's going on, Dan? Hey. Well, you know, I'm listening to you guys talking about DeGrom and getting hurt and uh, – 
you know, it's really very interesting to me. I personally happen to be a uh, data analysis expert, uh, but I do my job in the retail industry where I've, I'm expected to forecast and guess uh, how much is going to sell of one style versus another style. I'm surprised in the multi-billion dollar industry of baseball how satisfied owners and their teams are with their analytical departments and no one has done a real study on pitchers and their arms. Simple, uh, a simple stat that I'd like to know is it seems to me that more pitchers are getting hurt with their arms and having surgeries than when I was younger in the 60s and 70s. And that was, and now we have pitch counts and all these precautions to take care of our pitchers, and nothing helps is my feeling. Why isn't there a big, big study on pitcher health? Things are done. You know, you've, you've got oddballs like Nolan Ryan, who probably threw 140, 150 pitches every game out and never broke down. Compare that to the pitchers of today. I think uh, they're making a lot of mistakes with the pitchers at the uh, younger, at the uh, minor leagues and bringing them up. And... Where is the stats? Where's the science? You know, we, we've just gone through three years of follow the science, even though there's no science to follow and no one has done the big studies in the health field. So it doesn't surprise me. Where, but baseball has a lot of, so many millions of dollars riding on these arms, and nobody really knows how do you properly take care of a pitcher's arm. Well, you're right, Dan, and, and you make a great point. Thanks for the phone call. And I think a lot of it, Gordon, is the fact that it's some of it's individually based. Some of it is it goes all the way back to how these kids are, are, are taken care of in high school to the point now that you've got, I mean, you've got some people that would, as strange as it may seem, listen, go get to Tommy John, do it early, come back, and your arm will be stronger. After a year and you come out there and you can you can throw more. It's just it just seems as though back in the day in the sixties and seventies, before I think it was, and this is going way back, Andy Messersmith in the beginning of free agency with pitchers in the mid to late seventies and wanting to protect your guy, not wanting to throw him so many innings, wanting to to curtail how many pitches, make sure you, you don't burn him out, make sure he doesn't throw a bunch of pitches. And what they did was they let guys throw a lot because they knew when they got to the majors, they were going to be able to, and they were going to have to throw a lot of pitches. And it's just gone the opposite way. And it, it's really strange. I, I can't explain it. it. It just seems illogical that you would rest guys, but the more you rest them, the worse they are. Yeah, I mean, I think that one thing, you know, he brings up Nolan Ryan. I think that Nolan Ryan is the outlier. Uh, mm. there's, there's, you know, there, there are outliers, and, and he is the exception rather than the rule, and I don't think that you can just say, well, he was fine doing it this way. Everybody has to do it that way. Also, guys are throwing harder now than they ever have before. Uh, I, I mean, I remember as a kid, Nolan Ryan stood out because he threw 100 miles an hour. Now every single baseball game you see, it seems like somebody's – they will bring somebody out of the bullpen – that will be throwing 98, and you've probably never even heard. You're like, who is this guy? The, the, the Rays just keep bringing guys out more and more them. and more. Guys you've never heard of before, and they throw 97, 98 consistently. So I do think that that's part of it. Uh, and to say that nobody's done any studies, I'm sure all these teams have done studies. Nobody's found the answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's the one thing we can all agree on. Nobody has found the answer to solve this problem. 
And it almost seems like a lot of teams don't really care about finding the problem. They just keep creating more guys who can throw really hard. And if they burn out in three years, oh, well, we'll find another one. Yeah, and that's how they solved it. Yeah. <laughs> keep building them. Find me a guy that throws 100. I'll burn him out, like you said, for two, three years, and then we'll recycle them and we'll find some more. The, the Rays build them in the basement, underground. It does they, seem that way. The six, seven, six, eight, right? That's the formula. They come in, they throw 100, 102, and they have a curveball that falls off a table, and that's how they win. And and after a while, when the guys you see, oh, well, they want money. Okay, let move on. Let's get the other. Here's the bring the nets back next batch up, and that's what they do. And so, you're right. I think that's a large part of it. Is the guys are throwing harder and younger, and let's just keep throwing them out there. You know, you always want the younger because, really, when you think of it, yes, the emphasis is on. Bullpen and hitting, right, Gordon? I mean, mm -hmm. starters, yes, starters are important. I'm not saying they're not. But if you get a starter to go five innings, you got a bunch of bullpen guys out there. That's how throwing you do it. 100. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> I, mean, when I, when, I mean, when I was growing up, if you had a guy coming out of the bullpen throwing 92, 93, he would, oh, wow, this guy throws 93. Whoa. He should be a starter. <laughs> right. Oh, wow, this guy throws night. Wow, he throws in the upper night. Whoa. Now, every single night, every guy, it seems like. And if the guy doesn't throw in the 90s, you're like, oh, wow, look at this weir this weirdo. Look at this weirdo guy. He's, he's getting by with, like, off-speed stuff. That's so strange. It's like, oh, we can get him out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hit him. He only throws 95. Yeah. <laughs> Tom is in Carteret. He's next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Tom. Hey, hey, hey guys. What's up? Hey, Tom. Um, I have a I have a potential trade that the Knicks could do next season okay. during the off season to, to okay go. so all right let's go hit well, me hit, hit me well, give it to us um you trade Fournier mm -hmm. get rid of his contract mm -hmm. um you do Grimes Toppin and Reddish okay Grimes um, Toppin Reddish this so is a big this deal. is all this is all one trade Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fournier. You get. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Tom. Let me get straight. Fournier, Toppin, Reddish, and who else? And Grimes. Grimes. Okay. Who we get? And Randall. And Randall. Oh wow. Who we get? Okay. Um. Um. And one or two first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. And that's not gonna work, Tom. No, that's you don't think work. so? No, I don't think so. Well, look, I what, mean, you need more. No, <laughs> it would be nice to to be able to get Donovan Mitchell. It uh, would, that be. would be that would be nice. That would be perfect. But then we'd have nobody to play with him. <laughs> right. You'd run into that. You'd, you'd run, well, you'd have to. I think he still said Barrett's still on the team, right? Yeah, Barrett's here. Yep. OK. Mitchell Robinson's still here. If, he, if you sign him back, Mitchell Robinson would be here. Sure. I think the first look, if Donovan Mitchell says at some point, I want out, and the only place I'm going to accept a trade to is the Knicks. Well, then he's kind of – I mean, in the NBA, that can happen. That's not mm -hmm. outlandish to think. Right. But that that's basically and, – and why – I know he's from the area, but why he would say this is the only place that I'm going to go. Not seems, now. Yeah. Not now. Now, if this was last year, Maybe. But Gordon, it was last year. I think that he signed his extension. <laughs> if right. I'm not mistaken, it was last year that he signed it. So, you know, yes, I, once again, I understand what you're doing. I think you're giving up too much, though. Now, I mean, you're giving up Randall and 
uh, you know, three rookies and draft choices. I mean, oh, I don't mind that. I mean, if you can you get know. Donovan Mitchell, by all means, go get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know that the Jazz are going to be falling over themselves to, to, to take that phone call. Oh, we, we get Randall, yeah. too? Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that might be the deal breaker. <laughs> Although Randall might, Randall might uh, thrive in Utah. A little less pressure, a little bit more relaxed. Maybe. Maybe. You never Could know. Could you imagine being Obi Toppin? You finally think, oh, I finally got an opening now. I can get – wait, I, I got traded with Randall? Yeah. So I'm sitting on the bench again. <laughs> I got 13 <laughs> minutes again? Or less. Or less. There's, there's been plenty of less. Oh, no, no, no question. There's been plenty of less. You know, I don't know what Quinn Snyder's going to do. You know, um, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not bad. Um, it's not a bad trade. I just, I just don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's very realistic. It's not realistic. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't think, and this could be me, biased. I don't think you're going to get a lot for Randall right now. It would not seem that his market is at the peak value. No. You know, I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> trade him last year. Him. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't have been able to trade him off the, the off the offseason last year. Mm-hmm. What do you, and that was kind of his, maybe not to the degree that it was at, at its peak, but yeah. it was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. It was certainly was much higher than it is be. right now. Yeah, much much higher. Much higher. Hey, Gordon, did you hear we have a new teammate on, on, on the station? I did. Every Thursday at 4 o'clock on the Michael K Show, Aaron Boone, Yankee now, manager. Will that, uh, are you going to be there too? I'm not. Will that carry <laughs> on as part of Answers with Aaron? Will I have to uh, kind of know those answers too? Um, that will be, we, we, we will determine is it now that he's a member this. of the family. Can we no longer do answers with Aaron? Oh, no, 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 no. We oh, still need still... to do answers with Aaron. Oh, we, oh, oh, that got Brian fired. Oh, he grabbed the mic like that. You hear him? You heard, you heard the mic. It's still reverberating. Oh, he, he, he doesn't get fired up about much, but that he got fired up about. Wow. Well, you, you will be doing answers with Aaron post game only. Post game only. Okay. Yeah. That's you fine. do not have to do answers with Aaron on the K show. Post right. game only. As a matter of fact. Before we hear from Aaron Boone, let's take a moment, Gordon, to just remind folks who mm-hmm. may be new to us. Yes. As good as we are all the time, mm-hmm. we're even better baseball time. Oh, I mean. Because post-game, we have all the post-game audio you need to hear. Mm-hmm. We've got reaction. Gordon mm-hmm. and I are all over the games. You know, Gordon's locked in on the Yankees. I'm locked in on the Mets. And then we then we parachute in on each other <laughs> during these games. And we'd love to hear from you because I know – there's going to be some disgruntled fan over some move that some manager made or some pitcher didn't hit, didn't throw right, or some batter struck out in big moments. Oh, Gordon, we have a lot of fun during baseball season here. Yeah, let's hope it actually have some fun during baseball season here. It would be because nice. It's not, it's not off to the greatest of starts, i got to be honest. Between the Yankee <laughs> offseason and the Mets spring training. Well, you guys are making punch. moves. Oh, you guys yeah. are making moves. Oh, yeah, huge. Not, Josh not Donaldson has not worn out his welcome as of yet. Well, no. If he keeps hitting home runs, he won't. <laughs> right. No, nope, nobody. Listen, nobody else has gotten hitting. hurt so far in Yankee camp, so far as I know. Aaron Boone looks good. I mean, Aaron Judge looks good. He looks great. Looks he looks great. Good. We'll see if he ends up getting this contract done. Apparently, well, Carlos Beltran uh, can see the future. So well, he thought it was done. <laughs> he thought it was already finished. <laughs> you know, I guess he was hanging out upstairs. You mean? You mean what? They didn't give it to him? Uh, can you imagine? Can you imagine Brian Cashman? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. 
But I'm setting confidence, Carlos. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Carlos should be good at keeping things secret. You know, he's yeah, been he generally in the past. Well, I, I guess it says now after talking to Kay on on center stage, which aired right. tonight on turning yes. over a new leaf. Now everything like he he's, he's just like a faucet. Now. He's just pouring stuff out now. <laughs> he's like an old refrigerator. Can't hold right, no filter. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> we'll hear from Aaron Boone in a minute. Right now, let's hear from James in Jersey. He's next on ninety-eight seven ESPN. What's up, James? Yes, um, this is about this is about uh, uh, James having a backbone and saying I'm tired of you GMs, uh, just just uh, coming in claiming you're gonna put together a masterpiece. We give you all the colors we need, draft picks. We give you, you know, you, we give you draft picks. We give you fifty million dollars cap space, and we don't make the playoffs. And and, and I, I I wish that he would just fire Leon Rose and say and, and just address the media and say no more are you guys going to another GM is going to come here and just keep taking my money and we give you all the colors you need to put a masterpiece together and you just smear all the colors make one big mess and two three years later we got to fire you and start all over I, well, I mean you got to you... give him time James you got to give him a little time no I mean he had one really good season and then he's had one season that's been majorly disappointing. Don't you have to kind of give him like the rubber match to to to, to decide it? Let, can, can I I'll give you an example and just use the Mil, uh, Milwaukee Bucks? Okay, like when they were when they were irrelevant, they had the the nucleus of their team was Chris Middleton and Janice Antetokounmpo, right? They got Brook Lopez at a bargain of a deal. And then they went all in and got uh, Drew Holiday and won a championship. We had an opportunity to 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 do that same similar thing. We were targeting when we were targeting we were targeting Andre Drummond right at twenty million, at twenty million dollars the year before that. Okay. And then and where then is our Giannis? Can, where do we get our Giannis and our Chris Middleton? No, listen to what. Okay, listen to what I'm saying. Right. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay, you you had you had a uh, you had a uh, Andre Drummond. That's that's your book, Lopez. That was a big that okay. you were targeting. You you could have got a bargain. Okay. Then you had you had John Wall, which is your Drew Holiday. Yeah, you understand? Not, not Drew Holiday. If if you would have targeted if you would have targeted him and not wasted forty six million dollars on Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. Nerlens Noel and 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 Alec Burks. That was forty six right. million dollars. James, here's the thing: you, yeah, you need to get you the did. big pieces, though. I mean, you're saying they had the chance to do the same thing, and you're just kind yeah. of fluffing off having Giannis, Giannis, and and I mean a two time MVP. Mm-hmm. He might win an MVP again this year. Uh, that's the big piece. That's what Leon Rose has got to find. He's got to find the big piece, and then when but, you get the big piece, you can fill in the little pieces around it. He mismanaged forty-six million dollars. You didn't James, need no, no, no question. He, That's he fair. Did, he you, did he not did. have look, James. Nobody's arguing with you. He did not have a great second year. No. But you're talking about Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel. Those guys were pivotal to what you did last year. You didn't. You didn't need Nerlens Noel because you drafted Jericho Sims. You didn't need Alec but Burks because you, you drafted. 
you, you I mean, you, you drafted Quentin Grimes. If you would have, you did. James, he, do you know who this coach is? James, James, James do you know who the coach is here? The coach is Tom Thibodeau. He's not playing any rookies starting. They knew that. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. They knew. And, and, they, and knew. If they didn't know that. They should have known that. They knew he wasn't going to draft those guys and start them. You got to earn your playing time. No, that, that was never going to be. That was never in the equation. <laughs> never. I, I like how he said, well, they, the Knicks had the chance to do the exact same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I, I, I missed when the – listen, they had the other at the Kumpo. He wasn't, right, he wasn't yes, the good one. Yes, they had Th- Thanos. <laughs> what is it? Than- Thanos? Yeah. Uh, who was it? The guy, yeah. Yeah, he, he had the Thanin? younger brother. He didn't right. have, they didn't have the good one. They had the other one. Right. <laughs> which, which is, listen, w- with all due respect to Gerald, but once again – we didn't have Dominique. <laughs> right. We had Gerald. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have Giannis. We had the other Antetokounmpo. It doesn't what it feel like, do? you know, now that the season's winding down and we're talking about Leon Rose, doesn't it kind of feel like they would have been better off just stripping this down since the beginning? Now that yes. we're two years in, mm-hmm. wouldn't they have yeah. just been better off stripping it down? And I get it. Last year was fun. It was a nice little season that ended the way it did, but now that we two years in, yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like anything's in play. You know, R.J. Barrett's very good. I like what I've seen from Quickly lately. I like what I see from Grimes at times, mm-hmm. but it just kind of feels like we're still now. Hopefully, hopefully, Gordon, it'll be better this off season. But it's almost like you kind of wish be. you hadn't had last season because yeah. it put it, it made them think that they were a little better than what they mm-hmm. are. Which, which usually happens, it causes you to not evaluate properly what's going on with your team. And that's what it seems like it was. When you look, at, when you look back at it, it's like, wow, we were the fourth seed. You know what? We could really, we could really get rolling here. Okay, right. Nah, didn't turn that's out not. that way. No, it has not. This is a, this is a very big offseason. It was huge. It's huge. You know what? It's an offseason that Leon Rose could lose his job if he has another year like this. Well, I'd like to think that he couldn't have a worse one. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, can it get worse than the, what they did this past year? Uh, I don't know. That Kemba move, oof. Really Starting bad. lineup, not playing at all, nope. back in there, witness protection. Yeah. Yeah. Gone. 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 Like that Carolina lead. It's down to five. <laughs> uh, not completely <laughs> gone, but not trending in the right direction. It is not. It is not. You knew Kansas was going to make a run. You knew they were. This is a number one seed. This is a very good team. You know, so you knew they were going to make a run. So, you know, we'll just wait and see how this turns out. This is, But this is shaping up to be one of those nail biters, and that's what the championship game is supposed to be, Gordon. It's not supposed to be a blowout. No. Uh, look, Carolina's hitting their free throws. Kansas, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, they missed some. They, they've they've taken about half as many free throws as Carolina, and they've missed the same amount. Mm-hmm. Like Carolina's missed four or five, and yeah. Kansas has missed four or five, but Kansas has only taken ten. Yeah, yeah, and Kansas is is turned up their physicality. Yes, they in have the second half. Yeah, a little desperation time here. Yeah, they 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 and they threw a couple of presses on, which is you know seemed to be an issue for Carolina in the past. So we'll see. Mike Shashevsky is rooting like all all get out right now. You know, you can you can at least maybe salvage some if 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 somehow North Carolina doesn't win the championship. But boy, that's going to be. I always feel like he has to pull a Tom Brady and come back. <laughs> he might. How do you, how do you leave on that? Leave on that note. 
He might. I mean, well, but that's interesting, Gordon. Don't you think he'd rather root for Carolina to say that he lost to the eventual no, champion? No, absolutely not. I completely, no, I completely disagree. He, at least if you, if you're a Duke fan and Kansas ends up winning this, you can say, well, you know, yeah, they, you beat us, but you didn't finish mm-hmm. the deal. Right. Now, I don't think that's a very good argument because he beat you twice, but at least you have something you can cling to. Yeah. If Carolina wins, the whole thing is an eight seed. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't know that much about – I only know what I watched during the tournament. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. like they're loaded with, like, a top-flight draft no. class or anything mm-hmm. like that. No, it's true. They aren't. They really aren't. That's what, And, and they, just, they just got hot at the right time, which is – they were – the fact that they came in as an eight seed is where they belong because that's how they played for most of the year. They didn't get hot till maybe uh, – you know, it's down to one. Am I going to lose you here in the second no, half? No, no, Do you no, need no, to no. go someplace? No, I'm good. All right. Because, I, good. look, I, the, the offer I gave you last week was Carolina beats Duke, mm-hmm. wins the national championship at the Mets. Yep. It doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And now with the DeGrom news, you have to get the first part of that. you got to get the Carolina win. I, I don't want nice. you to get both of the – you know, I don't – usually on let's make a deal, you don't have the the – the bad thing under the under the the box and then they go to the door and it's and it's the donkey you know what i mean like yeah. one of those is usually like the good prize i don't want well, I you guess to get that both was door number three sides. which i did I, I guess that was the nick <laughs> yeah we didn't get to door number three how about those rangers larry how about the even they're struggling yeah well lost three in a row i mean come on this has not been this has not been a this has not been a, a other than carolina it's not been a good weekend locally Let, let's put it that way it's Jets? not been a good weekend locally it has not. Let's talk a little mayhem, shall we? Absolutely, Larry. Uh, the way we're going to do it is we're going to do left side of the bracket tonight. Nice. Right side of the bracket tomorrow. Wednesday, we will decide the final matchup. And then Thursday, our final show of the week, we will decide the winner. Mm-hmm. So let's get right Excellent. to it. Region 1 and Region 2 playing for a spot in the Final Four this evening. And Region 1, the upset region, the the number one seed had been Roy Hobbs. He's gone. So our matchup tonight is the number five seed, who is... That's the seed. I cannot hit curveball. Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curveball, that's our friend. I asked Joe Budica, take fear that's... I offer him cigar rum. He will come. Yes, we will see if Pedro Serrano will come into the Final Four as he matches up against maybe the biggest upset puller so far in this entire tournament, the number six seed, who is... Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe. In through nose, out the mouth. Yes, that, of course, Mr. Miyagi, who has run through this tournament, took out Red Bellew in the first round. Daniel Arusa smacked him around in round two. Forrest Gump last time. Now, Serrano Miyagi for a spot in the final four. That's a good matchup. That's a good matchup. Could go either way. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so then we have region two. Our number one seed there, still very much alive. The number one seed is... Don't turn your back on me. 
Let's get one thing straight. This is Shooter's tour. I've worked hard my whole life, paid my dues, and now it's Shooter's turn. And Shooter's not about to let his reign at the top be spoiled by some freak sideshow clown. Yes, it's Shooter's tour, but is it Shooter's tournament? We will see. He mm. is the number one seed. He'll be going up against the number three, who is... believe it's Rudy. <laughs> One of the most inspirational movies of all time, and the Absolutely. only clip we could get was them all saying Rudy 17 <laughs> times in a row. It's the much, number one. His <laughs> action spoke louder than words. Yes, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> it's the number one Shooter McGavin against the number three Rudy. Those are your two matchups tonight, and Larry voting is now open. At Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. That's the winners to choose choose the winner of regions one and two. We'll tell you who's up for three and four tomorrow night here on ESPN New York tonight. Set to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's talk to Buddha in the Bronx. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Buddha. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing tonight? My guys, what's up? Buddha. Hanging in. Hey, listen. Listen, Unc, man, you know, I love you to death. But like I told you with the Mets before, you know, I, I know you have pain with them, but it's not the same kind of pain like w w with some of these other teams in this town, man. And um, I, I really honestly think, man, you know, I spoke to Gordon on Saturday, he, and he made up a very astute point. It's like the Mets' problem is not really their pitching. I mean, you know, DeGrom, it is what it is with that. I, I don't think that that's going to be something that's going to change over time. But, you know, the Mets problem always is not their starting pitch. They had 101 starting pitchers. Wilson, Pulsifer, Islinghausen, Dapp, all these different guys, you know, and for whatever reason, they all fizzled out at a certain point. But the Mets, when they lose, it's really due to their bats. If, if, if you know, if you want to keep it a stack, I mean, their relief pitching is, is leaves something to be desired. But they always had great starting pitching. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. But, you know, for me, uh, it's always been the bats, you're right, but but this year you figure the bats should be better for what they've gotten. So, you know, they need to have a guy like you, you've got DeGrom. This is the best pitcher in, in baseball. You need to have him available. So I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But, uh, you know, for me it's just I'm ready for him to pitch, and I'm just, I'm just tired. They just got to figure <laughs> out what they're going to do with Dom Smith. I mean, you know, that, that, yeah. I, I think the Mets are going to be good this year, to be quite honest with you. I think the Yankees might be a little better than we thought they're going to be too, but I definitely think the the Mets are going to be good this year. But you know, you know, now with your Carolina thing, um, with the, with the NCAA tournament, you know, just as a whole, you know, I'll be honest with you, um, you know, like that Nipper Tuck game, like you said, uh, I don't know how you became an NC fan unless you got family down there, because you know, I, I'm we from there. the Big East, baby. We, we, oh, you from there? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were from the Bronx. No, mm -mm. I'm, that's oh, where okay, we moved like when we first came here. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. You know, um, when I looked at that game, the the, the last game, even the, the women's game, you know, with, with Paige Buckets, I mean, yeah. you know, listen, Dawn Staley, she, she she's she's a beast. You know, she's she sitting is. there draped in the Louis in the Louis baton. I, you know, I can't stand her, <laughs> you know, in, in a good way. You know what I mean? But um, when I looked at Duke and UConn, I mean, there was two things that I noticed is that mm -hmm. when you got your big guns, if we're gonna lose, 
I'm losing with my big guns doing what they need to do. I, I feel like Ben Carroll, like, he, he, he didn't force the issue enough. And I know Beck is, I know she might have been hurt, so that maybe we give her a little bit of an excuse. But the both of them, if I'm going down, I'm going down with my biggest guns in the ship. But, you know, with, with, with Carolina, I think they pull this out here tonight because, you, know, uh, you know, Bill Self, I mean, I know he's 1-1, but, I mean, let's be honest, Kansas is, is also like Gonzaga. They're always losing these big games. But with Hubert Davis specifically, you want to talk about a guy. The, the kind of job he did this year is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a coach, he's like the exact opposite of who he was as a player. He was like a nice guy. Yep. You know, he was mild-mannered. You know, he's a beast as a coach. He's I an wish, absolute beast. You are so right, Booth. I wish we had this guy playing for the Knicks. <laughs> you remember when he was here, right? When he had a little yes. bumby? I, I mean, he was, you know, he, he was quiet as a church mouse. Yeah. You see him now, you look at even his facial expressions, his body language. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, he's uber aggressive he in is. a good way. And he's like, like Gordon said, there's not, there's not that many five stars on that, on that Carolina team. Nope. But nope. he pulls it out of them. And you heard what he said when he spoke? They said, how did he get the guys ready? He said, I kept poking at him all week. I kept telling them, you know, this is these guys don't think we could do this. You know, I he said I don't want guys who 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 run. He said there's guys who run for a fight, there's guys who will fight, and he said there's guys who who want who are looking for a fight. He said I'm looking for 15 guys who are looking for a fight. God bless him, man. You know, God bless him. What a job he's done. Now he, you know where he learned that from Oakley and Mason and. <laughs> McDaniel. And Pat Riley, I mean, and Pat listen, Riley, absolutely. You, you you watch your coaches and yeah. you learn something from them. And yeah. like you know, to be honest with you, man, listen, the job he did, like Gordon said, this is one of the this would be one of the monumental. If they pull be. this off tonight, monumental, baby, monumental, huge, no question. Mm-hmm. Right, Buddha, thanks for the phone call. I mean, he'll be he'll be he'll be he'll be at Carolina for a long time. If he's able to pull this off, Gordon, after the yep. first year, oh, oh, please. I mean, I, 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 there's no way to go but down. But yeah, he's going to be. I mean, that's just an incredible run. And just run think of the this recruit, tournament. And think of the recruiting class he's going to get. Oh, but I mean, just this run in this tournament. They took out the the defending champion in Baylor. Yep. They're the ones that ended St. Peter's run. Mm-hmm. They beat Duke. Mm-hmm. They're an eight seed. Yeah, they'd only be the second eight seed to ever win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that that. If you came up with this script, they'd be like, "Yeah, this is this is it's ridiculous." Come on, yeah. you can't have all <laughs> these things, right? <laughs> yep, stop it. What are you doing? What are you trying to do here? <laughs> it's true. You're right. You're right. Back. Can I make a prediction? Yes, go ahead. North Carolina is going to win this game, and they're going to win it because they've made their free throws and Kansas has missed theirs. You're probably right because this would be a bigger lead had uh, Kansas made their free throws. I mean, Kansas just hit a three, and then, you know, they let uh, Carolina come down with a layup. So it's uh, 68-67 with 218 left in the game. Gordon, over the weekend, excerpts from center stage, his interview with Carlos Beltran were leaked on social media as he gave his thoughts on the Astros cheating scandal. It was interesting. Uh, so he was asked, here's a couple of excerpts we have. Carlos, did you cooperate with MLB? 
hundred percent. Yeah. The part that bothered me about that is that you know when I sit down to cooperate with them, they say to me, "We're not going against the players. We're going. We're going against field personnel, front office, and organization." And the fact that I'm the only player naming in that report. So how you how you know how that happened? Like that's the part I don't understand. Everyone gets immunity except Carlos Beltran. I don't get it. I don't get it either, Gordon. And he was the one. He he turned out to be the poster boy for this. Well, I mean, he's the one that paid the price because he was in the unique position of being a player at the time, but being management when the scandal broke. Mm-hmm. So he he definitely got screwed in this much more than anybody else because he was one that cooperated and lost his job and has not gotten the job. A.J. Hinch cooperated, lost his job, but has gotten a new one. The GM, Lunau, did not cooperate, lost his job, and has not gotten another one either. So, um, yeah, so he has definitely paid the, the highest price because he was the only player that paid any price. Yeah, really. Uh, Beltran was asked, did the Astros tell you guys to stop? Well, if they got the letter, they knew, but right. they never shared it with us. Right. Nobody say anything to us. You know, nobody say anything. I wish somebody would have say something. And a lot of people always ask me why you didn't stop it. And my answer is, I didn't stop it the same way no one stopped it. Right. Because it's working for us. Why are you going to stop something that is working for you? Right. So if the organization would have say something to us, we would have stopped it for sure. Yeah, but they weren't going to say anything because, like he said, it was working. <laughs> you right. I, I mean, you can't you, you can't have it both ways. I mean, you can say the way he's making it out is like, well, uh, nobody said for us to stop. You knew it was wrong, mm-hmm. but it, and was, it working. was working. So you didn't you didn't have a problem with it because it was working. Yeah. If it wasn't working, nobody would right. not tell you to stop. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, we're still doing this. This isn't working anymore. Let's stop doing it. Yeah. No, still working. Well, let's keep doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why would we change? It's you know, Hey, listen, Boston's doing it. <laughs> Why aren't we doing it? <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. It seems like, and I'm I'm very anxious to see what happens with this Yankee letter that they are they are fighting tooth. I mean, if they fought for free agents as hard as they're fighting to keep this letter from coming public, man, boy, they would really have some haul in the off season. There's no question, and it's it is interesting to see what's in that letter, right? Oh, it, I can't wait. It's, it's got to be something that's uh, not very flattering, that's for sure. You can't, be. I would, it have to be, right? Yeah. I mean, for them to be fighting this hard, there has to – I don't know if it's it's something that's a bunch of stuff, if it's just one thing, but whatever. There's got to be something. Here's Carlos Beltran on the cheating scandal by Houston. Well, Michael, you know, like we felt that when teams are coming to our ballpark, we felt that some teams – have something going on. So we felt that, you know, we needed to create our own, you know, and that's what happened. We created our own and our own continued to escalate it to where it ended up. What what exactly did you guys do when you say created your own? What did you guys do? Well, think about this. Every team in baseball have their video room, almost every team has their video room next to the dugout. Yeah, right, right off the dugout. Our video room in, in Houston was in the clubhouse. So we needed to run there to see our bats calm down. A lot of times you needed to wait. It was a long ride. Mm-hmm. So we felt, why we don't have our video room next to our dugout? Now the sudden we got our video room next to our dugout, and it's e- easy. It's simple. You know, and we had a feed that was good for us, you know. And so we you're got, seeing it in real time? We're seeing the game. We're seeing, at the beginning, we're seeing the game, you know, and when you're seeing the game, you get to see the, the, the pitchers, you get to see the catchers, and then we felt that we could use that, you know, but we didn't feel that we were really crossing the line there. 
Come on, Carlos, come on. You got a guy banging on a garbage can. When are we getting to the garbage can part? Come on. Well, what had happened was... I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. It's bad to try to rationalize it, isn't it? Oh, you just, you know what? Fall on the sword. You've paid your price. He is somewhat of a sympathetic figure because he is the person who, who's paid the most on it. He is. Just but say, you know what? It was wrong. I should have stopped it. I didn't stop it. I was a veteran on that team. But you know mm-hmm. what? We got caught up. You, you, you're, you're so desperate to win these games. And we found something that was working. And we just went to it time and time again. And it paid dividends for us. Done. And just fall on the sword. Let other people say, well, you know, it was this, it was that. Mm-hmm. It's not up to you to say that. Yep, that's right. It isn't. It isn't. Uh, Kansas up by three. Late in the game, 16 seconds left. And there's a loose ball. We'll see what I, happens here. Larry, as yes. a, I actually think that the strangest thing has happened. Somehow, DirecTV has caught up to the times. <laughs> I am following the action with you. Look at that. Look at that. That's good. Wow. And it looks like uh, it looks like it's win. Kansas ball. Yep. Up three. Yep. Eight, four seconds left. Yes. Four point two. So you're in a foul situation. So mm-hmm. far, Kansas. It's not over because Kansas is eight of fourteen from the foul line. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So they've shot fifty-seven percent in the game. Yeah, they have. So I would think you're going to try and foul here, see if they can hit. If they hit both, mm-hmm. okay, Done. well then you're then you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. But if they Absolutely. only hit one, you got a, you shot. got a shot. Still got a shot. You still got a shot. You try to lengthen your four seconds to a little bit more. It's a little bit more. But I will say this, Gordon. Uh, getting back to uh, Carlos Beltran, he. It's a tough spot to try to explain it when everybody knows you did something wrong. Of course, it's it's, it's really all out tough. there now. Everybody knows. Yeah. Just just fall on the sword. You've paid your price. Nobody's looking for you to pay any greater of a price than you've already paid. Mm-hmm. Say it was wrong. I was a veteran. I should have stopped it. I didn't. It's a failure by me. I've paid the price. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, the old, if, I, if I had to do it all over again, you know, we wouldn't of do course. it, blah, 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 something right, like right. of that nature. Right. But, you know, it, it, it just seems... It, it it just seems, and I get once again what the situation was, and you know he was management, so he wasn't really on the team, and I understand that MLB wouldn't have gotten any help or anything from players if they held them accountable. They wouldn't have found out anything, but it's it, Gordon. It's still a tainted championship. It just is, and I know oh, people. Oh, no are, question. Know, you know, it, it, it's a tainted championship. Yeah. No. 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 There's no question of that. Now, I'm sure he probably doesn't care. Uh, It's his championship. It's his ring. It stays world champions on it. They didn't take the ring away. They didn't take the trophy away. Yep. So he'll live with that. But, yeah, there's no other way to put it. It's it's absolutely tainted. I mean, it's the greatest cheating scandal since the the Black Black Sox. Sox. Yeah, it is. To be followed up by another team the following year. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, it's it's, and, and they got away with it, too. It's just it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is crazy. It, it is, is crazy. And and, and and how about that one? That guy, he's right back in. I know. Yeah. I took over the same team. Yep. <laughs> like nothing happened. Hey, let's try uh well maybe we can't try it this way. Uh you know. <laughs> so we'll see.
We'll see how that turns out. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.